You know what I imagined, Mike, when I found out that he he like sort of worked for the government. I imagined Mike. This was years like when I first joined and I first kind of learned about him. I imagined Mike like the guy from uh, Pineapple Express, the process server. <laughs> You know, the guy who smokes weed in his car while serving people, the Seth Rogen. That that's what I imagined Mike gets for a long time. Awaken. Awaken from your slumber. The time to hibernate is past. A new year, a new man bun, a new season at last. There comes a time where men must dig into their spreadsheets deep. They must decide exactly which fifth round title they must keep. Hordes on Twitter are gaining steam. Our Discord heroes call up the team. Unwashed masses, noise levels extreme. Grass wide open, brows agleam. And it would seem, your fever dream, abandoned upstream. Until rescued by the pod squad, Supreme. Welcome to Season 2. Sorry that I'm not doing. We can't find him. I really don't know where he went to, but uh, yeah, we're gonna do this anyway. And chicken, ziti, broccoli. I think bad food memes, and I think thermal paste. I don't know what this next season is gonna come to. So uh, you know, buckle in and enjoy the ride. And here we go. Hello everybody, I'm Boots. And I'm Iken. And today we have our guest Noro. Noro's joining us here today. I sure am. Yeah, the Discord mods have stepped down from their holy throne and uh, came down and decided to bless us with their thoughts on uh, this year's draft. It's it's really just me, that's my job, you know, gotta appease the people. I yeah, already you, feel you oppressed. like a... <laughs> you have to you have to seem like you're one of us right exactly yeah make make the peasants feel heard that's why he right. posts his peasant food every tuesday exactly every tuesday, oh it's tuesday. tuesday yes i gotta start <laughs> scouting out uh taco places i i think that's the best part about moving honestly is all the new food places you oh discover. my gosh yeah and it's it's so different um being down down in california versus up in washington it's like a completely different food culture um 
so it's just been a, a fun, you know, different experience. I, I don't know why I'm wasting my time scouting rookies when I could be scouting uh, Takarias. And IPAs. <laughs> and IPAs. Always well, IPAs. We're we're gonna we're gonna pick your brain a little bit today. You're gonna have to do some thinking. We want to talk today about some uh, rookies coming in the draft this year. Some guys you're higher, lower on, things like that, right? Uh, sort of uh, see what you mods are talking about in admin chat, right? Yeah. And <laughs> on to- on top of that, I know that. Well, I know both of you also share co-own a dynasty team and you both have been quite active in the the dynasty channel which you know honestly over this over this off season um it's pretty much one of the only channels that lights up anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, that's pretty much the new hub for off-season activities is the dynasty channel right now it's great kind of kind of do love it honestly if if I weren't uh, bogged down with work and uh, this senior capstone, um, I would be lightening it up a little bit more too. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, um, I know you two have put in probably like way, way, way more hours into this stuff than I really have. So I have some thoughts, but um, Boots, why don't you why don't you get us started on? getting us an idea of maybe where we have a couple of people ranked personally mm-hmm. versus maybe what the crowd says. Okay. No, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. So uh, this this draft was interesting. It, it, the sort of perception of the wide receivers in this draft, which are my favorite position. I'm a huge zero RB guy. Uh, you know that because I never shut up about it. Um <laughs> But my perception of the wide receivers in this draft sort of changed uh, sort of once we started getting pro day numbers. There was an idea that this draft was the deepest in years at wide receiver, probably the best since 2014. And now that we've sort of seen uh, some, you know, height, weight comps and things like that, which aren't the end-all be-all, but they do matter, um, I've sort of... uh, kind of lowered my expectations the top end is incredibly strong but the middle you know your wide receiver seven and beyond is not as strong as i originally had thought so one guy that i really kind of want to talk about someone that i'm far kind of lower on than i think most people are would probably be devonta smith um i knew it was coming (laughs) yeah devonta smith is is really interesting to me we've never seen a player his size produce like he did um it's just so you know the consensus uh ranking for him over on keep trade cut is uh rookie wide receiver two uh i currently have him at about wide receiver seven in the draft i don't really think that's outlandish if i'm being honest uh Depending on, I guess, maybe landing spot, he can move up one or two spots. But eh. and, I mean, and I'm not fading him for his BMI. I want to make that clear. A lot of people think that I'm that we fade Devonta Smith for his BMI. He is the greatest prospect to ever produce at his size. I'm fading him because he really was hardly better than Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, two players that I don't really think were that phenomenal either. Um, you know, I care about breakout age. A lot of people don't, but I do. And that that concerns me. 
What are your so why, why do you care about breakout age? Let's just, you know, just from looking at the mechanics and, uh, you know, uh, apples yeah. to apples type thing. Yeah, so, you know, breakout age is arguably one of the best indicators of success that we have from college to the NFL, right? Um, basically, if you are better as a football player when you were younger and you were outperforming your older teammates, that is a good indicator of NFL success. And one of the most common arguments, and I used to make this argument too before I kind of really understood it, but one of the most common arguments against this is, especially in Devonta Smith's you know, uh, situation, is they'll say, well, he had a lot of NFL guys around him. He had Jerry Judy. He had Henry Ruggs, right? He had these other guys that are in the NFL now. And that's hard for Devonta Smith to break out. And my favorite response to this is that if you're worried about NFL guys in college, man, imagine how tough it's going to be in the NFL when it's only NFL guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely don't believe that there's just too many red flags for me to justify him at wide receiver two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have much of an opinion because I'm not educated enough uh, on this particular uh, prospect right now to have an opinion. But Nora, how do you feel about that? Do you have him ranked higher or lower where you stand? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that I have him as my wide receiver too, like he's listed as keep trade cut. So I'm probably a little bit lower than uh, consensus on him. I wouldn't say that I am as low on him as Boots. I share some of those same reservations. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying um, specifically with regards to you know no one has ever done what he has done at his at his size, and that much is true. And they're like, oh, he's an outlier, and being an outlier producer in college doesn't guarantee that you're going to be an outlier producer in the NFL and so like when you're declaring that he is an outlier like you're you're basically betting on a low probability outcome because outliers are called outliers for a reason like they they can't, they break the mold they buck the trend and in order for Devonta Smith um at his size as a late breakout um non-early declare um those wide receivers that fit that mold in the first round don't have a great track record of fantasy success, especially when you factor, you know, he's got a lower BMI than I do. Um, <laughs> you know, that he would, he would really have to be kind of a statistical anomaly to become, you know, a fantasy wide receiver one. And so I think that that is just kind of like the obstacle for him translating to being a super valuable fantasy asset is just, you know, overcoming that statistical improbability, but people, I don't like chasing outliers. Like, mm. just because, you know, I, I kind of reiterating myself here, but being an outlier in college doesn't mean he's an outlier in the NFL. He still he still has to hit in the NFL level. So, um, I definitely share some of Boots' reservations. I think I have a little bit um, more diverse of a process. I do like to incorporate some film review into uh, my rookie studies, and I know Boots doesn't believe in anything that. <laughs> you know, doesn't work in uh, Microsoft Word um, or Excel. Excel, Excel yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have to be able to read it. Um, but, you know, I, I was actually doing a film study um, specifically on Waddle and Smith last night, and, you know, Smith really is special. Like, it, it, it makes sense why he was able to do what he did at the college level. He is incredibly talented, um, and he doesn't just win with speed. Like, the, the guy is a technician um, with his routes. He, he's 
very smooth um, in and out of his breaks, and he's super fun to watch. Um, but yeah, there's just, just some concerns with how well he's going to be able to uh, translate to the next level. Um, so I'd say I think at the, at currently I have him in the, the like wide receiver four, um, maybe five range, uh, with room for that to, to shift come draft day. Um, but yeah, just c- kind of a middle ground between, um, I feel like, the current market evaluating him and kind of near his peak, just looking at what he did as a senior um, and not necessarily incorporating the uh, red flags in his profile, um, but also not so uh, averse to them as Boots is that I have him all the way down at seven. Listen, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I have come up with the solution. We need to invite Devonta Smith to Taco Tuesday so he puts on a little weight. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? And send him along to go find your, uh, have him drink more IPAs with you. I think that'll fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Now, I know you said you watched a little film and you mentioned this player briefly. Uh, What were your quick thoughts on on Jalen Waddell? There's a a theory out there that Jalen Waddell's actually better than Devonta Smith and that he should actually go before him. Now I'm curious, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I have heard those rumors, um, and that's part of what um, prompted me to to go and and look back at their uh, film again. Um, And so for context, I watched all of their... Uh, games from 2020 on the FF Astronaut site. They have a cool draft breakdown uh, film section where you you know pick the position, um, you pick the player, and then they'll give you a drop down of all of their games that they have, and you just get to watch um, just all the all the either for wide receiver it was it was all the plays that they were run blocking or all the plays that they are, were running routes. Um, but yeah, honestly, I liked I did like Waddle. He he was an impressive uh, athlete. He's very dangerous with the ball in his hands, but I didn't see anything particularly that made me think he was better than Devonta Smith, um, which isn't to say that he's not because I have absolutely no idea what I'm really looking at. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of kind of trusting my gut and uh, enjoying watching talented people play football, and I kind of use my reactions to to influence my decisions for fantasy. Um, you know, it's not high level. Uh, you know, evaluation. But, yeah, no, I, I didn't necessarily, from my perspective, see anything that made me think that Waddle was a, you know, a standout versus Devonta. Um, mm-hmm. I still okay. have him as, like, a, you know, a top f- five, six. I have to have to take a second look at the rankings, but he's definitely still up there for me, but I would put him below Smith. Okay, that's fair. So, uh, just as a tangentially related thing so i uh thank you boots for getting me into uh bulletproof fantasy uh drew's uh podcast uh i was just listening to the thing where he said you know um early declares are a big thing too so Mm. um you know seeing someone that's going to go wide receiver too that's not an early declare uh you know maybe that should be rethought yeah yeah go ahead I was going to say, the interesting thing to note about early declare status, and I think this is something that uh, J.J. Zacharyson talks about, and I think Drew may have as well, is that it's significantly more um, important for first-round wide receivers versus ones from later rounds, whether or not the, the early declare status um, you know, affects their NFL hit rate. So, you know, particularly with a guy who's such a high-profile prospect with Devonta, um, you know, that thing carries more weight than if we're you know, evaluating the lower tier of wide receivers that might be going you know, in the round two of the draft. Right. Because then your uh, your opportunity cost is lower for those other prospects. Vice, you know, your first round pick, vice your third round pick, kind of thing. 
No, I, I think that makes sense. I, I've heard things like that before, too. You know, there are guys that have hit as late declares in those day two, day three sort of draft spots. The one I think of off the top of my head is I'm pretty sure Tyler Lockett stayed for four years. You would um, know that. <laughs> hey, man. I, I, I happen to know a lot of Tyler Lockett fun facts, I'm just saying. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Nora, do you have any player that you're higher or lower on than consensus? Yeah. Do we want to keep going wide receiver here, or do we want to uh, shift to another position? Uh, it's up to you. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, well, I don't want to um, insult Boots on his own podcast by talking about running backs. You know, we don't mention those around here. <laughs> um, so let's let's just keep it going with wide receiver. Um, and... I am a big fan of Elijah Moore. So going down the list here on Keep Trade Cut, um, he is wide receiver one, two, three, four, five. They have him as wide receiver six. Yeah. Um, below Smith, Waddle, Bateman, and Rondell. Um, so I think I have Elijah Moore over both Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore. Um, and honestly, I would be willing to put him there just based off his peeing dog touchdown celebration alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever the opposite of a character concern is, that's what that is for me, for Elijah Moore. <laughs> um, no, I love that. I love that. So uh, you said he's wide receiver six? Yeah, so they have him at six. Um, I have him at four. So he's for people who might not be immediately familiar with him. So he's from Mississippi. Um, he is an early declare. Um, he does have a, uh, a decent breakout age of 19. Um, and so he is one of those guys. He, he's not very big, um, but he's, he's very quick. He had one of the faster 40 times in the class. I think he like had one of the best it was either his three cone or his shuttle was was off the charts. So he's got great agility. He's one of the smaller guys. He kind of plays underneath, but he's got a good production profile. Uh, you know, solid breakout age. I think he really pops on film. Um, I just view him as one of those guys that kind of has. Uh, a lot of people are talking about this class as being like a bunch of slot guys, um, and I and you know it's it's kind of undersized. And I see Moore as being one of the few guys in this class that both has a solid production profile as well as kind of the size and the skill set to be a more versatile weapon at the next level who could play both inside and outside. Um, and so as a you know as a fantasy asset, I really I really value that because slot receivers tend to kind of be limited in their upside. Um, versus guys that have the ability to play um, on the outside. And so uh, just kind of it's a, it's a checking of pot boxes from both a, a production profile standpoint. Um, I like the way he looks on tape. Um, and then just as far as kind of like, I don't know if you could call it metagaming, but from a, from a roster construction standpoint, um, I like what he has the ability to do um, as like a role player in the NFL. No, I mean, I completely agree with all of that. I mean, I, I have him at wide receiver four, too. You, you mentioned size. He is the highest rated player I have at his size, at his BMI. Um, I have him above Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. who's another low, small guy. Um, and I, I'm just going to ask, does anybody know who Elijah Moore's best comp is on player profile? It's Tyler Lockett, isn't it? It's Tyler Lockett. <laughs> 
And talking about guys we need to get on this podcast, let's have Tyler Lockett come on, do a poetry reading. A poetry power hour. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. That would just be part of the, that would just be the intro every week. Yeah, just that Tyler Lockett poems. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I could, do, you, do you have a strong opinion on Elijah Moore? No, again, not as educated with the with this portion of the class. I have mainly been focusing on maybe kind of your third round guys, um, mm-hmm. but I've been looking at running backs. I haven't been looking at wide receivers, so uh, which That's is a- which is weird, right? Because you know that I'm also a wide receiver guy, but I wanted to try and you know force myself out of my comfort zone a little bit, but. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't have an opinion yet. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you guys, or rather, hear what you guys have to say about these, because, um, again, not as deep dived into the wide receiver class just yet. So why don't we use that as an opportunity to talk about some running backs, maybe a couple uh, deeper guys, um, since yeah. I know you are the trash dad and you like to dumpster dive. <laughs> <laughs> and the the top three running backs seem pretty set in stone, so it gets more interesting when you go beyond that in this class. Yeah, so a uh, couple of guys. I, these are probably going to be your like late second, maybe mid second to early third type guys. I mainly two that I I find are super interesting because also if you look at I, I forget what list I saw it on, but it, it it basically gave the the difference of ADP over the last four months. And it also gives the standard deviation of, of how much they've moved. And so these two guys have the highest standard deviation, which means that basically they have the highest volatility. People don't know what to do with them, really. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that you can perhaps capitalize on some of the volatility and maybe get these guys at a value, especially depending on their landing spot. So uh, I'm going to start with the first guy because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm here and I'm a sucker for these guys, but the, uh, a Memphis running back. I mean, they mm-hmm. have a great track record. I'm talking about Kenneth Gainwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was listening to the Fantasy Nerds breakdown on this guy, uh, just because you know I'm kind of curious what other people are really saying uh, in, in more of a, in this type of environment. Um, they they kind of put him in a in a similar situation to Keyshawn Vaughn, where you know, depending on landing spot, he could be good. Now, obviously, Keyshawn Vaughn landed in a good spot at the beginning of in, in the draft last year, but then. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of got destroyed. Yeah. So Arians is a liar. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but depending on, but you know, depending on landing spot, he he could be pretty good. Now, uh, a couple of things I was looking at. We uh, Boots and I were talking about uh, what was it? Where's the? Uh, let me click through here. Where did I have it? Well, uh, I I can't find it anymore. But um, oh, here we go. Let's, see, let's go to Dominator rating because uh, I kind of uh, enjoyed this night. Boost, I believe that you're also a believer in Dominator rating a little bit, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So total Dominator rating. Let's see what we got. So Kenneth Gainwell, he is – it looks like – so he's 20 years old, right? Yeah. So he's he's. it looks like he's – Old man. So he sat out 2020. Yes. So he's, he's yeah. going to be tw- – he's 22 – the draft year he, he had a he broke out at 20 that was the the 2019 season um that just didn't play at all last year so did we get into why he sat out the it's the, just the covid season i think yeah, COVID. yeah so he yeah. lost four members of his family due to covid 
Oh, so, geez. Interesting fact. Uh, really sad. Uh, I, I hate to hear it. But, I mean, so it makes it kind of understandable why the dude would set the season. Oh, yeah. But, so, he has a dominator rating in, in at age 20, I'm assuming in the 2019 season. Say, dominator rating that is on par with Javonta Williams and, at, and Travis Etienne. Um, so... You know, there's a little bit of a comp there. Now, is it is was it because he was taking away touches from Antonio Gibson? Maybe, um, but you're just kind of trying to compare apples to apples, so that way we have a little bit of an idea of what our ceiling might look like. Um, things that I saw that they were talking about: good vision, uh, he's good in space, runs good routes, has good hands, was used as a receiver. Uh, they kind of gave him a comp as a, as like a worse Neyan. Nihin Himes. So, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, I know. And you know that I love Nihin You love Himes. Himes. You sure so, do. Uh, but the thing was is that he lacked lateral agility and his three-cone score was not great. Now, um, you know, so interesting spot. I think I think if he gets to the right landing spot, he could provide some good value because I perceive him to have an okay ceiling. Is he elite? I, you know, probably not. But it, would he perhaps give you some decent value for his draft capital? Might be. Um, I'll like just ro- I'll just roll into Trey Sermon. We can and you guys can just give me your uh, your thoughts on both. Uh, but oh, <laughs> yeah, second one I have is Trey Sermon. Um, other one that's like super volatile in terms of like has a high standard deviation in terms of his ADP over the last four months or so. Um, very interesting, volatile player. Uh, this guy's probably going to be going early third, mm-hmm. mid third. Um, again, depends on landing spot. Uh, depends on what draft day he goes to. Uh, but Ohio State had a had a monster game, three hundred uh, yard game. Uh, he got taken out of the championship game because he went down with a shoulder injury early. Uh, dude already tore his ACL too, so one of them is going to be rock solid. Uh, at least, <laughs> right? There you go. Um, so you know, I think, I think that you could also extract some value there because the the crowd might not perceive him as being, you know, as solid. But uh, and there's doubts. So I, I I take that as being you might be able to extract some value. Um, so I mean. I'm not a running back guy in terms of uh, fantasy production. I love wide receivers, so that's why I thought it would be interesting to talk about running backs because then also uh, anyone else in the Discord can't uh, extract any kind of information <laughs> from me in this because uh, given where my picks are, I'm probably taking wide receivers. So that, That's fair. Uh, but no, it's still, still interesting to learn because I think that – you know, in the grand scheme of things, your first round pick, your second round picks ish, are you're kind of following the meta, right? Like, yeah, you're gonna get your guy, yeah. but um, I think that it the performance and the breakout and all the metrics kind of point towards a you know you're you're gonna follow the meta almost. But when you start to get into your second, your third, I think that's where you can really get rewarded for finding some value that might work in your favor later on in the season when you start having injuries, you start having those rookies maybe start breaking out a little bit. I mean, Antonio Gibson, he was going, what, in the third? Mm-hmm. Rookie draft, yeah, something like that, yeah. right? Late, late second, early to mid-third, kind of depending on the league. Um, Tons of value. 
yeah, he's one of those guys that had like a really weird profile because he was playing more like as a wide receiver than a running back, due largely in part to our friend uh, Kenneth Gainwell here uh, <laughs> dominating the running back touches. Um, and then, yeah. yeah, guys like, uh, you know, Chase Claypool was a third round pick because um, he, same thing, didn't have a very good uh, production profile. Uh, he got drafted kind of based off his combine alone. Uh, but yeah, with those later picks, you can kind of be a bit riskier and you can hit those diamonds in the rough and it can be a, a real difference maker. Yeah. So I don't know. Absolutely. Those are, those are just my guys that um, I've just been listening to. Uh, as, I mean, we're living in an age of, uh, of an overabundance of information about fantasy and football and everything like that in terms of podcasts and websites and Twitter and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So like trying to listen to everything and trying to find those people that um, have had perhaps some past success or even just listening to people that may not have, but then listen to what they have to say um, and just try to, you know, garner your own conclusions out of it. Um, I found these two out of all the other names that I've heard to be interesting, right? And I think that the, the volatility and the ADP kind of backs that up in that, um, you know, they're, they're interesting, right? They're, they're, they're not your run-of-the-mill. They're not going to be following your meta. They're going to be volatile, and you might be able to extract some value there. So that's, yeah. that's Bo- my piece. Boots, do you want to take either of these guys? Uh, do you have any response? Yeah, yeah. so they're, they, they definitely are like on my radar. Like Trace Herman specifically is a guy that uh, I, I find is an interesting running back. Um like I have him under Michael Carter personally, but mm-hmm. like when it, when you start getting into those like third round areas, that's that's at that point where I basically almost base it purely off of like draft capital. But like knowing what you said that you know you said that Trace Herman had some uh, you know receiving upside, like that is interesting to me, right? Because. You know, some of these guys going in the third and fourth of the rookie draft aren't going to get wide receiver one workload, so they're going to have like really low, boring floors. But if you're if you're a pass catching back, right? Like your floor is just elevated so much more, right? And so I, I become instantly more, you know, interested as a zero RB guy. Like Tariq Cohen, I don't need him to get a ton of touches. I need him to get eight targets a game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so if, you know, some of these later round guys can be that guy, that's perfect. Um, oh, extra, extra small note on Kenneth Gainwell, too. Apparently, he's um, he has good vision for pass blocking, so he might be on the field more, too, be, as, a, as a pass blocker. So that could okay. help add some check down potential and, uh, you know, just being on the field gives you volume. Right, and yeah. we all know that volume is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Well, we are sort of getting here to the end, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the draft at all. Uh, let's get some quick instant reactions. What would be your guys's absolute favorite? Um, you know, what do you want to happen this draft? Give me one guy that you are shipping to this team, whether it's going to happen or not, but you want it to happen, right? Give me just that one person that you're like, man, if this guy ends up on this team, I'm sold. That team's going to be infinitely better. Who do you guys got? I can start since uh, I kind of uh, posed the question. Yeah, seems like you have someone in mind. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, so I have 
I, this is what I really want to happen more than anything. I want the Denver Broncos to trade up to four and take Justin Fields. Um, it, 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 I think it's the perfect situation for both teams. I think Atlanta should trade back. I'm not convinced that Kyle Pitts is the pick at four. I do think he's a generational tight end. I just don't think he really fits the needs of Atlanta. They have an elite passing offense already. So I'm just not convinced that Kyle Pitts is necessarily like the missing link to making Atlanta such a better team, right? I really feel like trading back to nine and either you're getting maybe Pitts or Chase potentially, or you're getting Patrick Sertan it just seems like the ultimate, like, perfect situation for everybody because Denver gets to pass teams that maybe are going uh, quarterback and they get to get an elite guy who probably shouldn't be there at four, but seems like he will be in Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that's a super interesting. T- I didn't even think about that. I would, I would love for Denver to have some sort of relevance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first one that came to mind for this question was actually Justin Fields to San Francisco. Um, but, you know, narrative says that that's going to be Mac Jones, and for fantasy purposes at the very least, boy, I, I sure hope that's not true. Um, yeah. But, you yeah, know, if uh, if Fields is still available, I absolutely love that for Denver. Uh, they have such great weapons. Uh, that Drew Locke has just been, you know, criminally... Wasting. Wasting. Uh, and and I'm, I'm a big fan of Fields. Uh, he's easily my, my QB2 in this class. Uh, so it, I, I'm just kind of shocked and dismayed at how often he's being mocked to, to fall further and further down the first. So love him to Denver. Uh, my pick for this prompt probably would be Najee Harris to Miami. Um, I'm a big fan of Najee. Um, I think he's just like a quintessential complete running back. He's got the size. He's got strength, lateral agility, uh, great balance. Uh, I, ju- I just great pass catching ability i'm just a big fan of his whole skill set um i know he's like a bit of an older guy uh he's a he's a senior so like he's got some of those knocks um from from the analytics perspective but i just think he could do some serious damage in miami i think that's a fantastic landing spot uh i really liked the way that they utilized gaskin last season and i think that whole offense is going to take a step forward and with Najee harris um in that system i think i think he could really excel for fantasy so i'd be a big fan of that he'd be a clear-cut rb1 for me in this rookie class if that were to happen yeah i completely agree let the record show noro endorses running backs in the first round and hates miles gaskin obviously (laughs) (laughs) um i mean if we can keep as many elite players out of the afc east i would love it but you know i know that's not it's not it's not gonna happen uh, so Najee Harris has one of the highest dominator ratings uh, at age 22 on yeah. this chart. So interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you yeah. have a Do you have a spot uh, icon? Do you have a, yeah, do you have so a player? Quick question for Noro. Uh, what 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 pick would you want them to take Najee at? Oh gosh, what do they even have? They Not have six, though, right? eighteen. They have eighteen. Oh, six, they gave up 18. six. And I think they might have an early second round pick. That's yes, kind of what I was thinking. 36. Yeah, yeah. Have early second. 36 could be perfect. That would yeah. be good. Yeah. I was just messing with you about first round. Oh, no, <laughs> you're good. I'm, I, I'm only slightly crying over Rashad Penny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so on that note, uh, I really hope that Buffalo doesn't take a fuck. 
uh, running back <laughs> in the first round. I really hope they don't. That's probably yeah. the one thing. Uh, I really want to see Sewell go to Cincinnati at pick five. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yes. I know that I've been extremely vocal about this. I really want to see Joe Burrow succeed. Um, I don't think that they need Kyle Pitts. I think that they need um, I think they need to keep Joe Burrow from getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, Sewell is just an incredible generational. He's the Trevor Lawrence of offensive linemen. Isn't he 20? He's something ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to be entering the NFL at 20 years old, and he's like one of the best tackles in a decade. Like It's, it's a perfect storm. I, I don't understand how Cincinnati could possibly pass on that. Like, it, it, the question ultimately is, like, in terms of, like, range of outcomes, right, Kyle Pitts, he could be he could be the next Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, Vernon Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Or he could be the next Evan Ingram, right? Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, his, like, 90% chance of person he's going to be is Joe Thomas, Right, like Penny Sewell is a, like a guaranteed. This guy is going to be a great NFL player. Kyle Pitts is the greatest tight end we, prospect we've ever seen. He could still be Evan Ingram. Yeah. There's just no justification, I think, to ever not take Penny Sewell there. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we are just random dudes on Discord and not NFL scouts. So I mean, like, yeah, what do we know? <laughs> what do we know? I mean, we have Twitter accounts though, so that means something. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the barrier for entry to Twitter is real high. I that's true. Sometimes you have to have an email. <laughs> um, All right. So I I mean outside of that though, um, I'm I'm thinking uh, I just am curious on where Chase is going to go. Yeah, I'm really curious on where Chase is going to go, uh, and I actually haven't the slightest idea i think i would be uh wrong if i even made a guess yeah i don't know that i could say where he's likely to go because he's one of those guys where it's like every team in the nfl could use a wide receiver like jamar chase like he's it's such a valuable position he's such a talented prospect um and there's just who knows what's going to happen on draft day in terms of, of trade craziness. So it's really hard to predict it. It's not like as clear cut as say, you know, the first couple of couple of picks, but I think there's 31 teams in the NFL that he could go to and be a, a an awesome fantasy uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver. And I say 31 because I think Philadelphia is a, a cursed <laughs> land um, where things go to die. Yeah. So Anywhere else, I think he's talented enough that you know wide receiver one's gonna wide receiver one, as DK says, uh, and I, and he'll be fine. But I don't trust Philly. Well, we also we don't even know if anyone's gonna be alive tomorrow. So how point. can we possibly yeah. know? Kyle Shanahan oh, might snap us. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's true. Uh, uh, quickly, I'm shipping Jamar Chase to the Dolphins at six. That, yeah. That's my shipping. I, I love uh, that as well. Yeah, he, he he will instantly be better than Will Fuller and Devontae Parker in my mind. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think Jamar Chase is an Odell Beckham prospect, like, level person, right? Like, he, he should be in the conversation of Odell Beckham Jr., the Julio Joneses, the A.J. Greens of the world, in terms of his production and, and prospect profile is the best we've seen in so did, long. Did someone say Calvin Johnson? Uh... 
only in DMs. I have only said Calvin Johnson in DMs privately. Um, I'm not ready to be recorded saying that he is a Calvin Johnson level prospect because Calvin Johnson is perfect. All I know is that we just got the soundbite. He is Calvin Johnson level prospect. So. Yeah, Iken's gonna Iken's gonna cut the audio. <laughs> oh, I, this is already say. stopped. We already stopped recording. Oh, he did. Just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so he, he's trying to get me into a false sense of security, so I say it. <laughs> so, um, speaking of troll moves, uh, let's all hope that Jamar Jefferson goes to the Minnesota Vikings, and then that way you can trade Jay Jefferson to someone. Mm, yep, I've already got my uh, David Moore trade offers locked and loaded, so just need to uh, up the ante. Yeah, with Jay Jefferson. Love it. There you go. Um,. Yeah, no. I mean, I I think this draft's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited for it. I'm gonna miss actually the first round. Uh, I'm really disappointed about that. But hey, the Chiefs traded out of the first, so I'm really not missing anything important. Just a bunch of scrub teams trying to catch up. <laughs> so here's here's a question for you guys. Can you remember a, uh, a a draft that has had this much hype in recent years, or is it just my perception because I'm so insulated in the dynasty Twitter echo chamber? They're, they're uh, all this hype. Okay. Because like, this I'm is a... the most excited that I've been, and I feel like a lot of you know the guys that I play fantasy with you know, have a, a higher level of interest in the past, and I think part of that is due to the, the rising popularity of Dynasty football and because there wasn't really a, a draft last year um, in a conventional I, sense. I think in terms of quarterbacks, we, we've seen this before. 2018, you know, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson... Yeah. You know, we saw that, and I I can definitely see something like that happening here, where we have you know three of these guys are going to suck, but one of these guys is going to be like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Baker the other Mayfield guys are going to be still Josh a decent Rosen. quarterback. I don't know why everyone keeps discounting him. They're like he's still okay. No, he's yeah, fine. he gets a, he gets an unfair rap. No, he totally does. But, but that draft, the key thing about that draft is is we had five quarterbacks go in the first round. Uh, and the key difference here is is that outside of those quarterbacks and Saquon Barkley, there were really not a lot of phenomenal offensive weapons, right? No. There was DJ Moore, who was a great prospect. There was Calvin Ridley, who was kind of a questionable prospect, kind of a long shot type of guy. But there wasn't a ton of phenomenal wide receiver talents in that draft, really. In this draft, we do have, on the top end at least, a lot of really strong prospects at the wide receiver position. At least, like, maybe three or four, I would say, that are really, really talented. And then on top of that, we're going to have three running backs that are all incredibly talented, too. So I I think that this draft, quarterback-wise, is very similar to 2018, but then you throw in some really phenomenal talents in Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne. Yeah. I I think also the fact that uh, we just spent the last year in quarantine and we have nothing else to think about (laughs) and really keep our minds busy with, I think that helped, like, uh, you know, Grew the the hype even more to this point. Um, Definitely, you saw people taking to the to the to cyberspace to find opinions, make opinions, make content at, at, at you know an exponential rate. And so, you know the 
the bolstering of the hype amongst other people in in your own mind, I'm, I'm sure probably influenced it to a great extent. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, the draft can't get here soon enough. I cannot deal with any more Twitter takes. <laughs> I can't I even can't Twitter right it. now. Uh, I, yeah. Well. It feels like I'm stuck in Groundhog Day with all the San Francisco pick three tweets. Oh yeah, they're gonna but take, they're gonna take Justin Fields. They're gonna Justin. take Mac Jones. I, they are. They're taking Mac Jones or they're taking Trey Lance. But I'm so positive they're taking Mac Jones. I, I if they're not taking Mac Jones, this has been I think one of the most successful smoke screens I can think of in a long time. It's, it's making Justin, it's gonna make me sad, uh, by the way. But <laughs> if, if 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 Justin Fields is there, why would they not? I, I don't know. You know what? We don't I'm have time with for you. this. We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're Next right. You're right. We, we we should. Yeah, we'll we'll pick up on this the post draft episode. Yeah, once it happens, we can rage against the machine that is Kyle Shanahan and uh, his quarterback <laughs> evaluations. Yeah, but. All right. Well, we should probably wrap up. It's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys about this, Noro. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to sort of uh, talk to us about some guys and uh, give us an insight of what's going on in the admin chat. Uh, you will be disappointed to know that there's absolutely nothing going on in the admin chat. Chris has uh, been working way too hard, and Mike has been golfing with way too many milfs, and <laughs> it's just me in there. It's um, just you. We, 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 well, you know what, Boots? You didn't even announce that. This is season two. We're in the this middle of season two. This is season two. two. I, I would call it, I'd call it season 1.5. Season two is in <laughs> August. Season two is in August. That's a good point. This is like the mid-season, this is the, the holiday special. <laughs> this is the between the seasons Yeah, episode. because the draft is Christmas, for sure. Exactly. This is the Star Wars hol- uh, hol- uh, Christmas special right now. Wow, I am the Star Wars to be a part Christmas of this. special, eh? Yeah, this is what this ha- is. Happy Life Day, everyone! <laughs> Happy Life Day! Oh my god! But alrighty, I can. You too. Thanks. Thanks for uh, you know getting us all together and getting us to talk about this stuff. Yeah. No. Uh, this is going to be. We're gonna. This is going to evolve a little bit more into a little bit more cohesive thing uh, a little oh, yeah. bit more polished thing hopefully in the future uh, and while while you guys have been looking at rookie and doing dynasty things i've been learning how to build servers and run servers and host sh- stuff um mm-hmm. so uh, i'm working with chris and hoping to get more uh, self-hosted stuff going more website stuff going more consolidation of all of the loud voices his Discord, uh, right? Because I think ultimately we we have a really great, diverse set of voices here, and I think the consensus that we can, that we can come to just as this small group that we've nurtured, I think there's a lot of value there. Um, oh yeah. So uh, let's hope that we can get that more more or less coalesced here in the coming future. But this is just a small taste. I'm still considering this season two. I, I, I know you guys don't agree, but I think this is season two. This is the beginning of season two. Uh, so anyway, so Noro, thank you for coming in. Um, uh, I will be expecting the taco pictures by the end of the day. 
Yeah, absolutely. They'll be on your desk. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to what's to come.